0: What's up everybody good monday morning hope you had a fabulous weekend this is locked up sports weekend review weekend wrap up welcome to the show everybody it was a wild ridiculous unbelievably great comeback weekend as we had some of the greatest games greatest comebacks you will ever see in a single weekend and it was this weekend Welcome to the show everybody, I'm Bob Walters, once again this is the Locked Up Sports Weekend Wrap Up, and oh, what a weekend it was. Wow, that was wild. Everything from the Jets and the Giants games, which were big, and then the way the Patriots lost in just a mind-boggling, brain fart play, to the largest comeback in NFL history to perhaps the greatest soccer game that was ever played and the Cowboys even losing in a pick six overtime we will get to everything first let's start with the New York Giants who got a big win last night and a really solidified a good good chance for this team to go to the postseason and you know what last night the Giants looked like they had a franchise quarterback they had a franchise running back and they had a defense that made big plays. The defense bent but did not break on multiple occasions, and they made the big plays when they had to against this Washington team, and it looks like it might be enough to carry them into the playoffs. The Giants, if you look at the stats of this game, everything tilts towards Washington. More total yards, more passing yards, more rushing yards. The only thing that counts, the only thing that the Giants won in, basically, was the turnover battle. And they were huge turnovers, and the defense made big plays when it had to. They got a little help from the officiating, but the officiating was bad on both ends, to be honest with you. It was bad on both ends. If you look at Daniel Jones' numbers, his numbers are not great from last night. If you just look at the numbers, 21 of 32, 160 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Those are not great numbers. Even Saquon Barkley, not great numbers. 18 for 87 and a touchdown. Not great numbers. And the defense stood on their feet when they needed to. And Daniel Jones made the big throws when he needed to. He made a couple big runs. He had a big third down run where he ran the guy over in the fourth quarter to get a big pivotal first down. On that last drive when the Giants kicked the field goal, to put, to put them up 8 and then uh, Saquon Barkley had multiple big runs for first down and then on the final drive that the Giants had the ball Barkley with just breaking off runs of clips of 15 12 he's doing spin moves big time runs and big time situations this was a good Giants team last night it's a team that we saw we haven't seen this might be their best game of the season if you want to be if you want me to be completely honest with you They don't score a lot of points anyway. They only put up 20. It was a big spot, national TV, Sunday night, NBC, and they showed up and played well and won the game on the road. That's something we have not seen from a Giants team in a long, long time. Now, are they going to be able to compete with the big boys in the playoffs? Probably not. But this is a huge step This team is well-coached. Do they have a franchise quarterback? You know what? I'm I'm, I'm not going to say yes. But last night, it looked like Daniel Jones could be the quarterback of this team. The coach is excellent. They're well-coached. They're still ravaged by injuries, both in the secondary and in the receiving core. They got some defense back. Ojolari played, and Kayvon Thibodeau looked like a top five pick that he was. He wrecked that game last night in the first half. Kayvon Thibodeau wrecked the game in the first half. The fumble, the strip fumble recovery for a touchdown was huge. It really set the tone for this defense, and it set it early in the first quarter. Right inside the five-yard line, he stripped Heineke. He recovered the ball. He rolled into the end zone. Touchdown, Giants. I mean, that's a huge play. That's a that's a play Lawrence Taylor used to make. No, I know, I know. I'm not comparing him to Lawrence Taylor. But that was a big play, and he looked like a top-five pick because he wrecked the game in the first half. He was in on every. He was in the backfield on every play. He almost took the handoff from Heineke a couple times. Even when he wasn't making the tackle or making the play, he was disrupting the play. That was old school Giants football. Now the defense did bend. They did bend multiple times. Multiple times Washington got the ball. And before you know it, in two or three plays, they were 60 yards down the field from where they started. But they tightened up in the red zone. They got the big goal line stand when they needed it. Helped out by a penalty in illegal formation which has got to be killing Ron Rivera today. I mean, you basically, you know, you lost the game because your wide receiver didn't line up on the line of scrimmage because he wasn't being covered, and it was an illegal formation. They scored a touchdown on that play. Now, they would have still needed the two-point conversion to tie, but still, you know, because the next two plays, because they went back to the five-yard line, and the next two plays, Heineke was pressured and then on the fourth down, the throw into the end zone, he had plenty of time, and it probably was pass interference. Listen, the Giants got away with one there. If you look at him, he was all over the receiver. He was grabbing him, he was climbing on his back as the ball was thrown. Ball was still in the air halfway there, and the, the giant defenders on his back. But you take it, you're not gonna like I said, do not apologize for wins in the NFL. Do not apologize for wins. In the NFL, and the Giants will not do that. They are tw- they are twenty to twelve winners, and they are look like they are one win basically, one more win from a playoff spot. Dallas losing is going to help the Giants because it'll give Philadelphia the number one seed before they have to meet Philadelphia in the last week of the season. Philadelphia is going to have everything wrapped up by then. It takes the juice out of the. Christmas Eve game I believe it is Eagles Cowboys that game is now going to be basically meaningless it looks like Dallas is going to be playing the winner of the NFC South on wildcard weekend the Giants looks like they will be in there so Giant fans waking up this morning a happy bunch I know I'm happy You know, we haven't felt like that in a long time as Giants fans. Because even the wins earlier in the season, we were kind of questioning it. You know, is this for real? They're beating bad teams. They look good, but they're beating bad teams. Not that Washington is, you know, any kind of world killer. But it was a big game, on the road, national TV, big spot, and the team came to play. And you have to like everything about that. You have to like every single thing about that. Now, on the other hand, the Jets were the exact opposite. They looked like they don't have a franchise quarterback. The defense came up small when it needed a stop. And the coach screwed up time management in a big way. And it's hard to win when your coach screws up, your quarterback screws up, and your defense screws up. You are not going to win football games in the National Football League without good coaching, good quarterback play, and good defense. And the Jets had none of that yesterday. They had none of it. To be honest, they probably shouldn't even have had a shot at that 58-yard field goal at the end of the game. I mean, to think that he he went down to the ground and called the time out before the time expired... I mean, you know, they gifted you a 58-yard field goal and the guy missed it to the left. That's basically how that went. But now the Jets had their chances, you know, and this is the exact, like I said, it's the exact opposite of the Giants and Daniel Jones. Because Zach Wilson, if you look at the numbers, was not terrible. Yeah, I'm going to give you his numbers right now. 18-35, 317, two touchdowns and a pick. Now, the 18-35 is unacceptable. That's you know basically 50%. You can't be 50% completion rate and expect to win games, and expect that to be your franchise quarterback. I firmly believe if Daniel White was in the game yesterday, if Daniel White was playing, the Jets win that game by 10 points. Just based on what I saw him, how I saw him play in the two or three previous games. I think he's a better quarterback. Is he a franchise quarterback? I'm not going to say that yet either. But Daniel White, I think, is a better quarterback than Zach Wilson. Because you got to think about it. He got two he had two 50, about 50yard 50 passes, so knock 100, 100 yards off of that, and they were, they were terrible throws. They were floating ducks, that, you know they were, they were floating ducks wobbling through the air. that basically died with the wind, and his receiver made great plays. So that's like 100 yards of the 317 and two of the completions. The Lions are red hot. They're now seven and seven. Don't be surprised now if they make it in. Because everybody else is losing besides the Giants and the Giants haven't played well up until last night. So, I mean, it, I mean the Jets, listen, it was a disappointing day for the Jets fans. If you were out there at MetLife, that's a disappointing loss. This team had its opportunities. The Lions are a team that they should beat. You know, the defense played well for the Jets. The Lions are a big, high-scoring team, high-powered offense. 20 points is not terrible. The offense needs to put up more points, and they didn't. I mean, Goff, Goff had a good game. 23-38, 252 a touchdown. No picks. They held the running game, though, in check under a hundred yards. The Jets' defense did, and listen, they couldn't get they couldn't get uh, they couldn't get points when they needed them. Basically, is what happened. You know, the, and the and the defense did let the lines go up and down the field. They got almost four hundred yards. Now the Jets had three hundred thirty-seven total yards, almost three hundred passing yards. 50 rushing yards, though, for the Jets. So the run game that was so important and so good earlier in the year, and even good after the injuries the last couple weeks, was non existent. It only produced 50 yards on the ground for the Jets. And Zach Wilson, listen, they also gave up a punt return. The Jets came out, went three and out twice right off the bat, right off the start of the clip. Three and out, the crowd was getting on them. Then the Jets give up the punt return to go down. Was it Yeah, to go down 7-0 right off the bat? They came back. They tied it at 10 at half. And then, you know, the third quarter, they played well too. The, the Detroit only gave a only got a field goal in that third quarter. The big play, of course, that the defense is going to be blamed for. Fourth and inches. The game on the line, and they gave up a 55-yard touchdown, screen pass. Okay, I get it. You you thought they were going to QB sneak it or run it up the middle. They only needed, you know, six inches to get the first down and extend the game. And it's a great gutsy call. It's a gutsy call. But it's a great call, and it's a call I love to play fake because the whole defense sells out in the middle of the, into the middle of the line to stop the run or to stop the QB sneak. You play fake it, roll your quarterback out, the guy's wide open in the flat, and he just went right down the sideline for a touchdown. If you're the Jets, you cannot let that happen. And then, when you get the ball back, you have three timeouts with, oh, I guess it was about a minute left, right? And then before you know it, there's 15 seconds left, and you still have three timeouts in your back pocket. How do you let that happen? The Jets get the third, the big play, and they don't call a timeout. The clock went from about 40 seconds to about 15 on everybody running down the field. getting lined. I, I don't know what they were doing. I don't know what Sala was doing. I don't know where they thought they were, whether they didn't have timeouts. Or they had all three timeouts. So a bad job by Sala. Zach Wilson was not good enough. The defense let up a huge play when they could not let up a huge play. They couldn't get the stop they needed. They've gotten the stop. This defense has come up big all year. And when it really needed it, fourth and inches, it just broke down. And they let a 50-something yard touchdown pass on fourth and inches. And the red-hot Detroit Lions come into MetLife and leave with a 2017 win. The Jets are now also 7-7. and And it looks like the Jets are going to fall short of the playoffs. The Jets did get some help on a lunatic bonehead play by the New England Patriots. I mean, did Bill Belichick, you ever think you'd see something like that from a Bill Belichick coach team? I mean, he's got to be beside himself. And if you looked at the press conference, he didn't even know what to say. He had no answer for it. They asked they asked him, why did why, he turn around and throw it back? The only thing I can say about that, the Patriots Raiders ending, is that he probably didn't know the score. He must not have known the score of the game. Because that's the only logical reason for you to turn around and throw the ball across the field back towards, I guess, your quarterback with no time left in a tie game. Only bad things can happen, and the worst possible thing happened. As it was picked off, the guy ran over Mac Jones. I mean, put a stiff on him, stiff arm on him, and just ran straight over him, fifty yards into the end zone for a walk-off. I don't even know what to call it. Win. It's literally one of the craziest endings I've ever seen, and it all started on Saturday with the greatest comeback. Listen, I was around for the Frank Reich comeback with the Bills against the Oilers. 35-3 at halftime in the wild card round. Backup quarterback for the Bills, Frank Reich. And he came all the way back, beat the Oilers. It was the greatest come. We never thought we'd see it again. That's what he told people. I hope you saw that because you're never going to see it again. We saw it again this week. 33-0 at halftime. And you got to feel bad for Matt Ryan, right? Because the other big comeback that we never thought we'd see again was also Matt Ryan. Up in the Super Bowl, 28-3 against the Patriots. Now that was the Super Bowl. It's a little different, of course. But... This was, I mean, you got to do everything wrong. You got to do everything wrong to lo- to blow a thirty-three point halftime lead. I'm not even sure how how you do that, to be honest with you. I mean, how do you uh, you you basically in the second half, the Colts could have just run the ball. I mean, you don't even need first downs. Run it into the line three times, eat the clock, kick it away, get maybe one or two stops. And you're probably gonna win just by default. The time's gonna run out. The Lions did. Uh, the Lions, The Colts did everything wrong. The Vikings did everything right. And as bad as the Vikings' defense was in that first half, is as is as bad as the Colts' defense was in the second half. And Jeff Saturday is to blame for this. Oh, he's got to at least take some of it. Maybe you can't come. Off the couch or out of the sports center studios to coach the NFL team with no experience. It was a good story the first week. You know, he won the game, he put Matt Ryan back in. And now, I mean, I don't know. I'd say he can't be he can't come back, he can't be in contention for the job anymore next season. How do you bring him back? Thirty three nothing. And don't, this says nothing about how good of a player Jeff Saturday was because he was a great player. He was a great center. He was Peyton Manning's center through his whole his, basically his whole career. Great player. Great story. But, I mean, come on, 33-0? And the Vikings? I mean, what, what do you think about the Vikings now? They're all over the place, the Vikings. The Vikings are a team that is all over the place. They could look like a Super Bowl contender one week. They could look like garbage the next week. They could look like garbage in a first half, like the Houston Texans, and then a Super Bowl contender in the second half putting up 39 points. I mean, wild, wild stuff this weekend. Wild stuff all over the place. Saturday, 1 o'clock, it started, It's finished last night at about 11.30. That's why I'm doing the show this morning. And we haven't even gotten to the World Cup yet, which is perhaps the greatest soccer game ever played. I mean, we knew it was going to be, you know, the showdown that you wanted to see. A big game, big-time players, the young superstar, Mbappe for the French, against the aging superstar, Messi, for Argentina. Messi going, trying to get his last chance to get the World Cup to basically complete everything you could possibly do in in soccer. And it looked like they were rolling. They were going to roll through this French team in the first half. Messi gets the the penalty kick, 1-0. Then they have a brilliant passing play. 2-0 2-0 Argentina, and you're like, okay, this is just Messi's time. The party kind of started. And it went through halftime, through most of the second half, with France doing absolutely nothing. France didn't decide France wasn't told they were playing the World Cup final until the 70-75th minute. And then that's the thing about great players, is they don't need a lot of time. Because in the 80th minute, Mbappe got a penalty, he buried it in the back of the net, 2-1. One minute later, in the 81st minute, he had a brilliant volley into the back of the net from inside the box. And it was 2-2. He literally took the World Cup and all of Messi, everything that Messi ever worked for. The Golden Boot, the World Cup title, the top scorer, Pelé, everything. He took it right off his foot in a matter of maybe 80 seconds. And then you just completely switched. You're like, oh, wow. Messi blew it. That This is going to be his legacy. He blew it. Because you could say he didn't blow it. It wasn't his fault. Listen, it's Messi's team. It's Mbappe's team for the French. They get the blame and they get the credit. And Argentina, you could see... All the momentum just shifted right to the French. The field just got tilted a little bit that way. And then Messi came through and scored again, his second goal, in the 106th minute. And, okay, that's, now you're thinking, okay, Messi did it. He's, great. He's the all-time great. All-time to rise to the moment in that situation, and he did it. 3-2 Argentina, 106th minute. They gotta hold on for 10 more minutes. And then with about three minutes to go, there's a handball in the box. Penalty, France. And Bappe gets the gets the takes the PK. Gets his hat trick, and we are tied again. With three minutes to go. And at this point, you just you you can't look away. At this point, right there, you're like, oh my, I, you can't believe what's happening. You got two of the greatest players in the world, two possibly of the greatest players to ever play the game, going blow for blow in a heavyweight battle in the World Cup final. Tie game, three minutes to go. Back and forth they went. And the play of the game, I think, aside from all the Mbappe and. The messy stuff, the play of the game, came at the very last minute. There was a breakaway for France. A clean breakaway. And the Argentina goalie made the save of a lifetime. Talk about a kick save and a beauty. He saved Messi's, he saved Argentina, and he made one of the great saves you will ever see in any sport. I mean, kicking and coming out to meet, the, meet the, the ball carrier, kick that leg out, and make that save. Uh, I mean, it, it would just put the icing on the cake of that game. Because that was it. That would, that would have been game over. It was kind of like a football game with who has the ball last is going to win the game. And he made a kick save of a lifetime. So we went to Penalties. Messi, uh, Messi got me worried on his penalty. Looked like he mishit it. I don't know if he did or not. But, I mean, I, you know, that was a little risky the way he took that penalty because you've seen him take a bunch of penalties in this tournament and he would just blast it past the goalie where even if the goalie guessed right, he still wasn't going to get it because it would be by him by the time he got to it. And that's what Mbappe did. So they both scored. They both went with the shoot him early, shoot the superstar early, tacked that Brazil did not do and Ronaldo didn't get to get to touch the ball on the penalties and they were eliminated. So Mbappe scores, Messi scores. Then the goalie makes another save on the second shot for France. And I I think in these penalties and pe- penalty kicks like that it is huge to go up to be have the lead. You don't want to be chasing a goal. Cuz then when you're chasing a goal a lot of times you lose. There's only five shots, so I mean that that makes sense. But it just feels like like whoever whoever blinks first in these PKs, it is tough to come back. And the goalie made the save. Then later on, a French the another French kicker put it wide left because now the pressure's on. You got to score. You're down. You, you're hoping to just score the rest of them, and your goalie makes a stop somewhere along the line he did uh, the french goal he did not and the french did not score all their goals all their pk's and argentina and messi win the world cup in the game of the year i mean right it's got got to be the game of the year in any sport so unbelievable stuff this weekend unbelievable Giants, big win. Thibodeau wrecked the game in the first half. Defense came up big when it had to. Daniel Jones played big, in a big spot. Not great numbers, but made the plays he needed to make, made the throws he needed to make, and the Giants win in Washington. Jets, not so good. 20-17 losers at home to Detroit, Zach Wilson, not your franchise quarterback. Salah, I still like Sala, but that was a big blunder with the time management at the end of the game. It was the Jets being the Jets is what it was. We didn't even have a chance today to get to the Rangers, who have been red hot. They blew out the Blackhawks last night again at home. I'm sorry, in Chicago. They've been playing great. I mean it looks like hey listen it looks like we might have a good winter of uh of sports here in New York it really does now as far as the playoffs go for the Jets and Giants listen the Giants are gonna they just need to win one more game they should be able to beat Indianapolis they should be able to even beat Philadelphia on that last week because Philadelphia's gonna have the one seed wrapped up, probably ne- this time next week. That's probably what's gonna happen there. So they probably won't be playing anybody. They'll just be getting ready, you know, for for the playoffs. Dallas, we didn't even get to Dallas. Dallas, uh, just real quickly on Dallas, a pick six, a walk off pick six. And Dallas is another team that you don't know who's going to show up. They play great. They look great one week. Then they look like crap the next week. I mean, Dallas gave up almost 500 yards of offense yesterday. And Trevor Lawrence, listen, Trevor Lawrence was great. Now, I know, it, you know, it's not saying much when... When I say I told you he was going to be a big-time quarterback because he was the number one pick. And everybody was saying it coming out of Clemson. But that kid can make every throw. And Dak Prescott, look, I mean, he made a mistake. You know, he made a mistake. And he did not play great. Dallas should do it. No matter how Trevor Lawrence plays, Dallas should beat Jacksonville. You're going to be a Super Bowl contender. You want people to talk to you about going to the Super Bowl, about being a Super Bowl team. you got to beat teams like Jacksonville, whether it's on the road or not. You know, you got to do that. You can't be, you know, messing around with teams like Jacksonville. Then Dallas is going to get the winner of the NFC South, which uh, whoever it is, I mean, somebody's got to win that division, right? Nobody deserves to win that division. You know, they're, they're the leaders are at four and eight. You know, the leaders are four and eight in that division. It's gonna be under five hundred. They're gonna be hosting the Cowboys. And Jenkins on Jacksonville had the game of a lifetime. Two picks, one of them the walk off pick six, 28 tackles. I mean, that, unbelievable. A sack. That's one of the great defensive games of all time. So we head into the Knicks. The Knicks won again last night. Three-point win. Even the Knicks are red hot. Unbelievable weekend, people. Unbelievable weekend. Crazy. Crazy stuff. We've been talking about this weekend for years. Unless we have a better one next weekend. Who knows? So thanks for listening to the show, everybody. This was a fun one to do. A lot to talk about. It was easy. Fun one to do. Everything, I mean, listen, everything that could have happened, happened this weekend. Brett and myself will be back on Friday for Locked Up Sports. Don't forget, visit us at LockedUpSports.net. Leave us a review, please. People, leave us a review. If you like the show, leave the review. Go to Apple, leave the review. Go to our website, leave the review. Come on. So, thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you Friday, everybody. We leave you tonight with some sounds from the weekend that was in a wild weekend of sports.
1: West Bank Stadium is not booing that play. They're booing the fact that we've thrown a pick six. If Fadio Odenabo, the former Viking, blocked a punt, it went for a touchdown. And Chase McLaughlin, a former Viking, is four for four. And after all that, oh, by the way, Jonathan Taylor's not playing. It's 33-0 Indianapolis, second and 12 from the Vikings, 33, empty backfield, Cousins out of the shotgun, throws over the middle, it's caught by KJ on the run, to the 40-30, to the 20, dragging a cold to the 10, yes, finally some positivity and I don't care what the score is, third goal from the two, Cousins, shotgun looks left, throws left, K.J. caught touchdown, touchdown Vikings, it is K.J. Osborne, Cousins under center, Galvin floats out to the left, handoff, C.J. grinds inside the one, C.J. Ham grinds himself, close to the end zone, signal. Touchdown, CJ Touchdown, Am, and a flag comes in late. Cousins back to pass, looks left, throws left, five. Jefferson five, walks into the end zone. Touchdown, five. Jefferson with his eighth touchdown of the season, one of them by run, and it's now 36-20. Indianapolis, the 36-yard line, back to pass, screen left to Dalvin, turns it up outside the numbers for the 40, gets to the 50. That is.
2: for the NFC North.
3: And the kick is good. good. It's a winner at U.S. Bank Stadium! And the Vikings are kings in the North once again!
1: From the 10, second and 18. Thibodeau got there! Got the ball out! Scooped it and scored! Touchdown, Giants! Kiva Thibodeau! What a play! back hollands out on defense he's all the way back uh stevenson is, anyone gonna is inside the 30 flips it back stanford band nowhere in sight oh it's picked off oh oh no unbelievable oh wow incredible chandler
3: jones takes it in and wins the game for the raiders have you ever seen an ending I have like that? i've never seen anything like that I have no idea why he was doing that. Oh, my goodness. How many billions of eyeballs are watching these two men 12 yards apart? Messi scores! Messi, Julian Alvarez on the run, Alexis McCown.
2: Just the perfect wait on the pass to allow him to take it. First time he hits it down into the ground, over and on rushing Lloris. What a finish, what a goal. Argentina, masterclass from the very first minute. And they are rolling. He's made his name by scoring
3: goals. First penalty attempt of the tournament for France. This is their chance. With just over 10 minutes for stoppage time to go. scores, Martinez got a hand to it, game on at Lucelle, and the French president's loving it. You're back inside, Thurong, Mbappe!
2: Argentina opening the door, and Mbappe storming right through the middle of it.
3: Offside, lifted forward, Latoura Martinez is going to get to that one, knocks
2: it down for Messi,
3: into the middle, Fernandez, Latoura Martinez, save Messi, did it cross the line, did it cross the line, yes it did, argentina
2: lead. You'll get a great look at it here, ball is absolutely in the back of the net. See the magician once again when argentina need him most he delivers mbappe that was blocked Was it a hand? it was penalty for france penalty
3: for france this would be mbappe's hat trick the second man in history to score three goals in a world cup final it would tie this world cup final in the 117th minute now the 118th minute
2: Petit bisou, a little kiss before, and then he kisses it off the corner of the net. Look at that. Both Messi and Mbappe, so much pressure riding on these moments, and they both have just delivered with excellence. Va Montiel!
3: Montiel va! Ah! Tu va campeão do mundo